Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. An article in the Washington Post, the drums of war in Asia grow louder. And uh, there are several components to the story. The first one has to do with China and India in a skirmish in which soldiers on both sides died in the Himalayas, with uh, India reporting at least 20 of its soldiers were killed in uh, the first deadly military skirmish between the two nuclear powers since 1975. Also, tensions between North and South Korea have increased and uh, I'm going to talk to my guest about another story, and that is the uh, the book uh, John, from John Bolton, the former national security advisor to President Donald Trump. Uh, Mr. Bolton, Ambassador Bolton, in his book, uh, The Rumor It Happened, claims that Trump begged China's President Xi to help him win the 2020 election. Uh, my guest is Ishan Tharoor from The Washington Post and a columnist covering foreign affairs. Uh, Ishan, thank you very much for the time and uh, a very disturbing situation in the Himalayas and because we had uh, military members on both sides dying. But what's the context here? Well, thank you for having me, Roy. Pleasure to be with you all. Yes, it is indeed uh, a pretty disturbing situation. It's, it's, it follows weeks of buildup in terms of tensions. India and China, of course, the context being these are two nuclear-armed countries, the, two, the world's two most populous nations. They share a roughly 2,200-mile-long border, uh, often in very rugged, as you see, uh, mountainous terrain that remains in large part under dispute. China has settled its land borders uh, on other fronts, but it has not settled its disputes with India for decades. And so we are accustomed to uh, routine skirmishes here and there, accusations from both sides about patrols, uh, straying across the interpreted line of control, and so forth. But in recent years, and especially in recent weeks, uh, the Chinese appear to be taking a more assertive stance on their interests and claims. The Indians, at the same time, have recognized that for years they've let the Chinese build up and prepare in a way that leaves them rather outmatched in many parts along the border. So... What blew up this week uh, was uh, followed in a number of other you know, similar sorts of skirmishes that had not led to loss of life. But and, and of course, what we understand about the situation is uh, you have to put an asterisk on it. There's no way of independently corroborating some of the claims by both governments. Much of the reporting on this comes from the Indian military. So what we do know is that at least 20 Indian soldiers perished in, a, in some sort of ambush set by the Chinese. But then it also saw lots of Chinese casualties as well. We know apparently that no shots were fired, which is rather remarkable. So you imagine in the 21st century, uh, these two great new powers in Asia are skirmishing with iron rods and stones and, and other such of, other such, sorts of primitive melee devices. And uh, it seems like a rather brutal set piece. And now it's in for many in, in both, on both sides, it's really resetting calculations. And for India, it it may suggest a lot of new uh, and difficult choices. 
Yeah, the fact that there wasn't any gunfire, that took me by surprise. I mean, I read the story, I read your story, and then I, I read there was no exchange of fire, and I thought, well, how did people die? And uh, then I read on, and yeah, iron bars and stones and sort of a, um, a very primal battle between these two nuclear superpowers. And just very quickly, is there uh, is there danger of real escalation between India and China? Because as you point out, the world's two most populous nations, both of them are are nuclear powers, and India has its own as as its own issues with Pakistan. Uh, as you just mentioned, I think for reasons that um, for a whole host of reasons, neither side really wants a genuine confrontation or escalation right now. China, of course, uh, is sees sees its main kind of broader geopolitical adversary is the United States, and it's locked in a whole series of both economic and strategic uh, confrontations and competitions with the U.S. and other fronts. India is recognizes that it, it cannot match China militarily uh, and is not in a position to really up the ante. And of course, as you said, it has a longstanding and far more imminent sense of threat from Pakistan that it faces on the other side of its border. Uh, so, so there are obvious strategic reasons, reasons for uh, neither country to really uh, uh, press the accelerator here, and there are many reasons to, to, press, to press the brakes, and that's what I think we're seeing right now. At the same time, uh, in both countries, there's genuine rising nationalism, and there is a prevailing sense that n- neither of these countries can rise, quote-unquote, uh, without uh, necessarily having greater f- frictions. So the conversation in India now is turning very nationalistically. There's speculation whether, you know, for decades India has kept the U.S. at arm's length, uh, whether this may now uh, initiate a new phase in geopolitics in the continent where India uh, moves much more closely into the American orbit. And that's something to watch in the months and years to come. Yeah. Let's bring this back to North America for a moment. Do we have about a minute? I'd like your thoughts on John Bolton's book, the uh, former U.N. ambassador and uh, security advisor, national security advisor to President Trump. What's the significance of this book? Does it have any real impact, any staying power, or is it going to fade into white noise of Washington? I do think that uh, given how much white noise of Washington there is right now, it's likely that it will just fade into the white noise of Washington. It didn't tell us too much that we have not already heard in other forms uh, before. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to be cynical about the book, given that the former National Security Advisor Bolton didn't even want to testify uh, during the impeachment process, but then chose to save all these details and rather you know, eye-catching tidbits uh, for his memoir that he's gotten lots of money for. Uh, so I think there's a lot of cynicism about how it's been executed. But absolutely, some of the details in there are really quite, quite uh, devastating for Trump's image, especially vis-a-vis China, uh, where you have scenes documented by Bolton of Trump rather desperately ingratiating himself to President Xi Jinping and even encouraging him to carry on with the mass detention programs uh, in the region of Xinjiang, where over a million uh, Muslim ethnic minorities have been detained in rather horrifying totalitarian circumstances. And Trump seems to have encouraged them, even while his administration is attempting to pass sanctions on the Chinese for the military detention camp. So it really exposes some of the banality of the White House. Yeah. Ishan, thank you so much for the time. Good talking to you. I hope you'll come back. My pleasure. Anytime. Thanks. Ishan Tharoor from The Washington Post. If you want to hear more... 
Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 